Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Do me a favor and turn in your Bible to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, here's the the thesis of the message. Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always bringing you down, dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. This is what I've been trying to get across for the last three weeks. Two messages at the beginning, and then Jason Peebles did an amazing job last week of trying to develop well-formed maturity in you. Hey, over the next few minutes, I want to speak to you from this idea, this subject. I'm all in. I'm all in. Um, we are note takers in this church. Um, the content and the stuff that you receive, it, sometimes it could be a fire hose. Um, and it's not used for inspiration. Um, it's used for application. And we believe that in scriptures, it says 98% of the people that take notes, they go to heaven. Peter is on the side. He has a Chick-fil-A sandwich for you. And he tells you, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter because you took notes. That's not true. But the real application of what you're going to get is not going to be found in an hour and a half service. Um, It's going to be found when you're sitting there and you begin to open up these scriptures and there's a lot of them. When you get some of this content and you actually begin to break it down when you're home and when it's you and Jesus, you and your wife, you and your kids, the hope and the desire, grab an offering envelope, grab a connect card. If you need a piece of paper, raise a hand. Somebody will give you a piece of paper, but uh, use your smartphone, your dumb phone. Take some notes um, because I believe that the practical application of this message is transformative. It's something that I think is going to uh, be very, very, very instructional in your life. Let's pray. Father, I love you. Um, I thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity that we have to come before you. John 3.30, let me decrease that you may increase, Lord. In the time allotted, Lord God, help me to, to fit this thing in, Lord God, so that we can have something to walk out the rest of 2023. Father, we love you. We thank you for everything that you've done so far, Lord. And it's in your beautiful name that we pray, Lord God. Amen. And amen. Come on, Greater Church, one more time. Would you make some noise for Jesus? Hey, uh... There is, there's so much vision in our heart. There's so much that we want to do. And, and a lot of times, uh, what I'm going to talk to you about, um, is the missing ingredient and watching vision come to life. Um, man, you know that we, we have these windows, right? Believe it or not, we have windows that are behind these, these gray things, um, gray panels, right? And they serve, they have a dual purpose. Number one, they serve to, to try to keep the sound in so it doesn't sound super loud and everything bouncing around and you're like, oh my God, is that a demon or is she singing? Like we want to make sure that, we want to make sure that we have good acoustics and we're, we're working on it. You know what I'm saying? We, we still got stuff we got to do on the roof and we're fixing stuff. And I'm so grateful for Mike Seal who has come and helped us so much, man, and cleaning up sound and making sure this stuff is good. But what happens though is that like I have a dream like one day like I would love to be able to say hey we 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 finished with service right and we want to control an atmosphere that's the reason why we keep that today is a gloomy day and it's ugly if these windows were down it'll feel dark and dreary you'll be sitting there and you'll be like oh my god I hate life like I don't want to listen to you hurry up I want to go to Chick-fil-A it's not even open so whatever but it's like but it's like you know it's so gloomy but how beautiful would it be like on on sunny days to just like hit a button think and just like Jensen's church like Jensen's church and just you know what I mean and just kind of go up and and just these these are things that are cool for me to say that you know I would love for them to happen but it, but there's a there's a Spanish saying del dicho al hecho hay un gran estrecho from saying it to do it doing it it's a huge chasm in the middle and it takes people like clear choice, you know what I'm saying, with Tim. And he, if I told them, hey, Tim, I wanted to do this stuff or, 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 or simple, small details, you know what I mean, to come in and do it. Here's what I mean. I mean, they wouldn't just, I can inspire you right now and tell you, could you imagine when those lights come up? It's like the glory of the Lord, like worship finishes it and it's like the second part, the afterglow. And it's just like, some of y'all got way too much ADD though. You HDHD, all of that DD stuff. You'll sit there and you're like, is that a tree? Tree? Squirrel. Squirrel. It'd be hard. I got to continue. Like, hey, come back here. Forget about the windows. Come back here. 
but you know what? I can inspire you into saying, yo, we need these windows. And man, I can, I can lift you up. And every Sunday, I can get up on a microphone and I can inspire you. And I can want you to, I can make you, oh, man, I'm going to chase Jesus. Oh, I want it. Oh, I want Jesus. I want to walk through the tabernacle. Oh, I'm not in the outer courts. I, I want to get into the holy place with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Like, I want to just, I want to get into the whole, I can inspire you all day. But if I don't give you practical steps, like, I mean, if Tim doesn't come and say, Tino, that's great. But listen, that's a motor in each one of these windows, my guy. You understand? Look, let me explain to you how much a motor costs, right? And then let me explain to you the mechanics of this thing and how this is going to look for something like that to happen. And God forbid that one of the motors goes out in the middle of the, and it just, it's like, the Lord is half with us today. What I'm trying to get at you is that everything in life, it, it takes steps. And I'm trying to give you not just inspiration, but I want to give you application. And the reason why every single Sunday we tell you take notes and we try to give you steps. And sometimes it can seem rehearsed. And the reason why we're doing that is because, yo, this is the type of church that the day that we just have a bunch of Christians that understand it, don't need salvation, that you got it all, you know how to read the Bible. Yo, I no longer want to be the pastor of this church. I hand this thing off to somebody else. No, no, you come up, you preach. <laughs> Nuno's studied and he has a doctorate in theology. God bless him. But I want to be the type of church that, man, when I walk into these church, I want to see people as I'm looking at now, people who I don't have a clue who you are. I want to look at people who are so broken and far from God that they may not be wearing the clothes that you're wearing. They might not smell the way that you smell. They might not even have the belief that you have. We want the door to be so open that broken, hurting, and lost people will walk in through these doors and encounter the Jesus that found us. So on an everyday basis, we're going to create a space for them, but we're going to take steps. Because see, there are, there are organizations that can find themselves, and we've done this a time or two, well, we've been so top heavy on making sure that evangelism was our deal and bring people in and let's get everybody through the door and the house has been filled and it's great. But the steps that they need to take, we've, we've missed it because what we want to do is that we don't want you to just come in through the doors. We want to disciple you and we want you to begin to take steps towards what we talked about for the last three weeks, spiritual maturity. We've talked and we've kind of put up a, 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 a step if you look at it in your imagination up on this altar and we've explained to you about Moses and how Moses God told him I want you to create this 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 tabernacle and the tabernacle the outer courts the the brazen laver and the brazen altar were sacrificing and the blood slinging and I mean this is denoting salvation um Jesus in scripture says that there, there's some they're going to produce 30 fold and this is producing 30 fold you're saved and um I hope that I inspired you. I hope I didn't convict you or, 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 or made you feel bad or belittled you. And the fact that maybe you've been here for a long time. And the idea is that we would step into the inner room and um, there's a candlestick, the golden candlesticks and the, and the table of showbread and the altar of incense. And these are denoting the spirit of God, the word of God worship. And that we would find ourselves producing 60 fold living a spirit led life that God begins to do things in and through you now that it's like, yo, I don't want to do this, but I'm finding myself doing these things. And then you get to a point where you walk in through the holy of holies and you find yourself where the ark of the covenant is where the mercy seat the lid that has the two cherubim and we talked about how the priest would sprinkle blood on it and if you didn't listen to the message like oh my god that's so cool go back and listen to it but what this is is denoting us dying to ourselves. and every priest didn't go in there to just bask in the glory of god oh lord i just thank you Oh, I feel you in my veins. Hallelujah. Glory. Akuna Matara. Ashura Barahanda. Barabara Mitsubishi. No. Every priest would die to themselves and would offer sacrifices for other people. And what we did was that we took this moment and last week or two weeks ago, we explained to you how to walk through the tabernacle and pray during these moments. And when you get to this moment, every single morning at 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., I saw so many of you guys that were here and we were leaning into the presence of God. And this was my favorite part. We did all the worship. We read the word. We did all that stuff. But when we got to this place and we put up some and we put up uh, the prayer, the intercession, and I just saw you walking around and I saw you pleading for your marriages and I saw you pleading for stuff. Can I tell you that over the last 21 days and we're going to collect some testimonies. If you have them, please give them to us. There's a connect card that's in the seat back in front of you. In the bottom of it, it says praise reports. 
Please let us know what are some of the answers that God gave you during these 21 days of prayer and fasting because I, have a, I had a family member that was so far from God, we didn't know if they were alive or if they were dead. They were lost doing some dumb stuff. And I, right here in this spot was where I would pray for them every single morning at 6 30 at that point I would pray for them and on day 18th I got a text message saying he walked through the doors he looks like a mess but he's alive and he's ready to change and he's ready to make a difference he's ready to do stuff so that's a testimony in my life but man I know that God did some stuff because I had some conversations with some of y'all that told me that God answered some of your prayer requests and some of the things that you prayed over the last 21 days because we get into this holy place into the into the holy of holies and we begin to intercede for people and we start to watch things change when we begin to intercede those are all steps all I did was give you some steps I didn't tell you this is the way you need to pray what I did was that I tried to give you some steps. These are some steps. This is a plan. This is a way for you to pray. And today, I believe that everything that I've taught you, I think it's, it's all wrapped up in scripture. We, we've based our church on it. I, I explained it a minute ago. We have four things that we do at this church. We don't do five. We don't do six. We, we do four things. We help people know God. We help you find freedom. Close the door on yesterday forevermore. We help you discover your purpose. What, would you, what were you created for? And then we help you to make a difference. We give you avenues for you to go make a difference. And we push you every single Sunday. It's uncomfortable and it sucks sometimes. You're like, yo, leave me alone. Why are you all in my life? You, oh, why you know so much about me? The husband told, me about, told you about me. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. I don't even know you. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Four things. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. The way that we do these four things is that we have Sunday morning services, which you're a part of right now. We help people to know God. That's my desire. I want you to know God. This is what we created this space for. And then we have G groups. That's how we help you to find freedom. Some of us have been dealing with things that we haven't closed the door on yesterday for so long. And we, we're still struggling with things that God can give you freedom from. And so we create these spaces for you to be real, take your mask off, have a group of individuals that can help you walk through the journey. Then we have our next step, which is helping you discover your purpose. You have gifts, you have talents. There are things that God has put inside of you. And all we're trying to do is just give you a mirror because you've been looking at yourself, you've been looking down at yourself for too long. Sometimes it's just good to actually look at a mirror and be able to see, oh my God, look at what God has put inside of me. And last but not least, we have make a difference and that's our teams. That's all of the stuff that you see that happens on a Sunday. Also, the outreach that happened at Martin Luther King Day, different soul care conferences and different things, women's groups and men's groups. And we have outreaches that they go out together and they go in and make a difference. So not just in the church, but outside in the community. And those four steps that we've taken, we believe that God has given them to us. But now I want to talk to you today about a step. I believe it's huge for us and I think it helps us to maintain everything together. Y'all ready? We're going to take some notes because I'm going to go super, super fast. This step, I can, I can without a shadow of a doubt tell you that it has shaped who you are. This step has shaped the very way that you think. Some of y'all, it's shaped even the way that you talk. I'll show you in just a second. That, that word, I want you to write it down. You ready? Relationships. Relations. Some of y'all were like, oh, I needed like the Holy Ghost. I wanted anointing oil. You know what I mean? Or like, was it the, the, the uttermost presence or the cherubim? And I, I want to go into the deep places. First master this. Because this is one of the hardest things that we have to deal with. And it's the one thing that has shaped us. I'll show you. Y'all, I hate, and I've said this so many times. I love my mom. She was amazing. And my mom is with Jesus now. Um, but my mom used to be, my mom was like a, she was like a torturer, you know what I mean? Like, side note, I wasn't in the timeout generation. I was in the knockout generation, a totally different time. And I'm noticing that some of the stuff that my mom used to say, like, I say it now. And I'm like, don't you hate that? Like, she used to say stuff to you, and you were like, oh, man, I hate when you say that. And now all of a sudden, you're telling your kids that? Like, I'm Cuban, Hispanic. One of the words, and I'll share this, one of the words that we, my mom used to say, and it would be scary. Like, if I was acting up at my grandma's or somebody's house, she would go, preparate. Right there. They didn't have to raise that. Some of y'all Hispanics just said, why are you? <laughs> like, you felt it in your chest. That word means prepare yourself because it's going down when we get to the house. <laughs> one simple word, just a couple syllables, but it, it meant a lot. You knew I'm going to die. And... My mom would always say this saying and I hated it because now I notice how true it is and I use it all the time. And I, and I bet you your mom told you this or your dad or whoever you were raised with. Watch this. I'm going to give you just blanks. Show me your and I'll show you your. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Show me your and I'll show you your. There are things that she has taught me 
that I notice that I say now all the times, but it's so true what she said. Because your life, literally, your business life, some of your relationships, most of the stuff that you have and that you're shaped, that has shaped you have literally been because of the people that have been around you even sometimes the way that you speak sometimes even the way that you dress and i know it, we didn't get a choice in in the people that shaped us and some of the shaping wasn't good some of the shaping hurt some of the shaping wasn't the best but good or bad you were shaped by those people that were around you and your relationship decisions are so important in manufacturing or in building what your future looks like so what would happen if we actually made some choices and actually started to develop these relationships and started to use the, the, the relationships to get us where we need to go? Watch this. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 19 says, A mirror reflects a man's face, but what he really is is shown by the kind of friends he chooses. So it wasn't your mama. It was scripture that taught you this. And all she did was because her mom's mom told her mom and her mom and, you know, all the way down the list. And here it is that this is what has been delivered to you. A mirror reflect a man or a woman's face. But what he or she really is is shown by the kind of friends that they choose. Can I give you four choices that you can make with friends today? Real practical, real practical. And I'm going to send you out of here. Number one, you need to nurture important relationships. Important. Nurture the important relationships. Write that down. Nurture the important relationships. In Miami, Florida, we didn't have, it's where I'm originally from. We've been here for about six years, seven years now. And we, we never, I don't even think I saw, did you ever see a fireplace in Miami? I don't think I ever saw a fireplace in Miami. You saw a fireplace? But that, Mike, you probably built it. But, but, but I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember seeing fireplaces. I came to Georgia. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I was like, oh, I'm finna, oh, watch this. And I remember the first time that I did this, my wife knows what happens. I, I remember putting wood inside of it and I lit it on fire. And then I walked away. I was like, ah, I did that. You know what I mean? Look at that flame. I almost killed all of us. <laughs> There's like a little flap that you're supposed to hit so that the smoke can go up the chimney. I only saw... <laughs> I only saw like fireplaces like in, you know, cartoons and stuff. It shows almost killed everybody in the house. The alarm's going off. It's like we are, you know, it's just really bad. So I learned that. But then I also learned something. I also learned that, you know, once you put the fire in and you set it up, open the flap. Some of y'all did that too. Don't sit there and look at me. I hope you did. <laughs> you put the fire in and, you know, you got to put your kindling first. And then I became a professional. I am a professional fire starter. I'm a big deal. I, you put the fire in there and then you, you kindle it. And then, you know, one of my favorite things is that I used to wake up in the morning and that was like my thing. I would wake up in the morning and, I, you know, I'd get me some coffee. I had a candle that I would light and that's where I would have my Bible study. And I would sit there and it was awesome because the fire would be going crackling and stuff like that. How many of you know that I can't just sit down and enjoy the fire and just keep enjoying the fire? There comes a moment that I got to put my Bible down, put my stuff down, Babe, move to the side. You're too close to me. And I need to come over and I need to actually grab some more fire, move the fire that's around there, put more wood inside of it. Sometimes I got to get uncomfortable and I got to go outside and grab some fire, knock off the dust off of it, the dirt. Some of it is wet. I got to let it dry. I got to, it used to be funny because I used to have logs of wood that were all around. It was like my secret tip because I was like, if it sucks all the moisture out, then it's easier to, and it takes work. Why is it that we think sometimes that relationships don't take work? And sometimes we're looking at marriages, man. And with marriages, we feel like, man, the fire has gone out. And man, I feel like it just, you know, like the fire gone out because you ain't put no wood in it, bro. Because you got to get some kindling. Go cut some wood. Go buy some from Publix or the gas station. Bro, go to your backyard and go get some wood. Just make sure it doesn't have termites in it. That's a story for another time. It's a true story, though. Me and my wife, we, we, it, we take work at it. And we've, we've done sessions where we do therapy. And not because either one of them has a, been unfaithful to each other or because we want to kill each other. We have arguments just like everybody else has arguments. We try to figure it out. But one of the things that we've done is that we try to work at it. So we have conversations. We go to therapy. There's certain books that we read. There's certain things that we do together because I want to make sure that, you know, we, we communicate. See, me, I didn't know that we communicated difference. Lydia, if you clean the house... If you clean the house, fellas, help. I'm listening. This is where you want to take notes. Don't get silly. Just look at me. Just be like, oh, that's interesting. If you clean the house, you know what I mean? And if I put my phone down and look at her when I'm talking, just let her talk sometimes. She just yap, yap. And I just look at her. Okay, babe. Wow. I'm a, yes, I understand. And just quality time. 
and acts of services, I could win the world. That's the greatest evening. Those are the best. Some, some of the ladies say, hey, man, way too loud. But fellas, listen, I'm trying to help you, bro. But then with me, you just got to rub my shoulder and tell me I look good. You can't take my money. Stop. Chino, you're so secular, man. But we've learned to be able to understand each other. And like, okay, so this is what he likes. And there are times that she has to force herself to say certain things or to do certain things where I got to force myself to do certain things because I know that that's how I communicate. It takes work. It takes taking a log. Yo, your friendships, not only just relationship. This is single advice. And let me tell you something. Next week, we're going to start in two weeks in February. We're going to start a brand new series. It's called The Four Laws of Love. And what we're going to try to do is talk to you that are single. You guys that are in a relationship, engaged, you guys that are married, we want to go across the gambit and give you some tools. Why? Because secular media, the news, radio, the movies, they give you plenty of advice on how to have a relationship. I learned how to be in a relationship from Martin and from Fresh Prince. Nobody taught me. My mom didn't teach. She was divorced. She had, and, and the man she was with, which my dad, I, didn't even, I barely even knew him. And so I've been taught down the line by things that I saw. It was poetic justice. It was Tupac, Janet Jackson. They taught me. I was like, oh, that's how you love in basketball. Oh, that's how you're supposed to treat a woman. Some of y'all was country music. I don't judge you. It was like, this is how I got to treat her. But for some of y'all, you had great parents that were there. And you saw it modeled firsthand as your father treated your, one, your wife like a, or his wife like a queen. And I get that. But for some of us, we didn't get that. And so hopefully over the next few weeks, I'm going to talk to you and we're going to have this series and you're going to have different pastors that are going to come up here and people who are going to share. It's not just going to be me because I want experience to be able to help you. But man, we want to give you some tools. If the enemy is giving tools and talking about these things very candidly and making you feel like you're doing it the right way when you're actually breaking God's heart, what would it look like if we grab scripture and begin to show you what it looks like for you to have a godly relationship? That's just a commercial. Yo, nurture the relationships that you want, and it takes work. Number two, I got to move fast. Restore broken relationships. That's the one that you're not going to like. It hurts, and it's hard sometimes, especially when you want to restore a relationship, but the person that you want to restore a relationship with, they don't want to play ball, or sometimes they might not even be on this earth anymore, and forgiveness is such a hot topic, right? I don't like that. Don't talk about that part, Gino. Do the, the fire thing. I like the fire thing. That, yeah, yeah. But I think forgiveness is huge. Romans chapter 12, verse 17 through 18 says, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what you do. Give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all, if possible, so far as it depends on you. I want you to understand that. So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. But as far as it depends on you, if it depends on you, you want to start working towards this thing. A few weeks ago, I talked to you, I, I gave you a prayer strategy and it was the prayer that Jesus prayed. And for Jesus, it was important for him to tell you, I want you to forgive others as God has forgiven you. Colossians chapter three, verse 13 says, bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against you, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. I need it bad. So every single morning, every single morning when I pray, I'm asking God, Lord, forgive me. If I did anything, word, thought, or deed, omission, commission, Father, forgive me. And Father, I release those people that have done something against me. And sometimes it's not somebody who has sexually assaulted me, somebody who I gave them a little bit of money and they disappeared. They asked me for more money. I gave it to them. And now they're acting like me asking them for the money back is like a bad thing. That's my money that you borrowed. You know what I mean? But I've asked God to forgive even for the people that have offended me in smaller things. And by name, I begin to call them out. And if I know that it comes to my mind, I'm like, yo, forgive this person. But then I take it a step further. I do what Jesus says. And I ask God to bless that person. My hope and my desire is that when God blesses that person, that they would turn around and they would see Jesus. I don't care if they ever apologize to me, but that their life would be turned around. That's called spiritual maturity. I'm not more mature than you. It, it takes all of the Holy Ghost and Peter, Paul, Mary for me not to punch people in the face sometimes. I can't believe the pastor said that. Get out of here. You act like you, like you ain't take your earrings off at Publix the other day. I didn't see you. I didn't see you. I didn't see you. He's like, he saw me. No, it was, I didn't see you. I didn't see you, I promise. But yo, we all, we all have, but I think if we, if we can cap this thing and when it comes to relationship, that there are some broken relationships that you can restore, man, life would be so good. Um, there are times that I'll be in an argument with a person um, and sometimes even with my wife 
and, and, and I've said this a million times, but I think it's such a great illustration because it's, it's what it looks like for real, in real life. It's that I have an argument and I'm like, when we don't talk, and then, you know, you usually send like memes and stuff. Some of y'all be on Instagram all day long, just sending memes to each other and sending like, yo, watch this. Um, we don't watch it. Half the time. I watch it though, every single time my wife and I put a happy face so she knows. But, uh, but we, we, we send each other stuff and then all of a sudden you get into like a little, you know, little spat. And then you, you see some, oh my God, this is so funny. Let me, oh, I'm not, I'm not sending it to you. Deal with you. Do that. And, and you feel that. You know what I mean? Y'all giggling because you know it's true. But then what happens is that all of a sudden we, there's a restoration. You know what I mean? You, you talk, you make up, you know, you're married, you make up sex. And then you finish, you know what I mean? And then after that, you go to see something and you're like, oh my God, I can't. You know that feeling when it's like the relationship has been restored and you're like, oh my God, you got to hear this story. I forgot to tell you. I didn't forget to tell you. I didn't want to tell you because I, I don't like you, but now I like you again. So I, I tell you, right? And so that feeling, you know that feeling of like, we're good. That feeling feels great. It feels so much better than when you feel when you're, uh, when you're at odds with somebody. That feeling is so good when you can say, yo, I forgive you. You forget, let's move. And then you can be friends again. Can I tell you that that feeling, that's where God lives. God doesn't live in hatred towards you. He doesn't know how to live in hatred towards you. This is going to be way too deep. I'm going 30,000 leagues under the sea. But do you know that God is omnipresent? Meaning that he's in 1975. He's in BC1, but he's also in 2058. That God, he lives outside of time, right? So God doesn't look at your momentary mistake and say, I hate you for this. He sees the grand scope of things. And what he has chosen is to love you. He can't choose anything else because he is love. So God lives in this space of reconciliation at all times. Isn't that crazy? Some of y'all can catch that. The revelation of it, they're like, yo, you love me, but you feel bad. I got to read five scriptures. I got to pray again. I got to go to church. I got to give money. I got to do all of this stuff so God can love me again. When the whole time God is sitting there, he's like, Yo, I love you. Like, stop. Just look at me. Restore important relationships. Restore broken relationships. Restore broken relationships. I, I need that bad. Um, number three, sever or redefine harmful relationships. Sever, cut it off, or redefine harmful relationship. If you married, I'm not even talking to you. Stop. Pastor told me it's over. No. That's not what I'm saying. We have, we can have a conversation about that, but there are, there are instances and there are things that I think we have to be very careful with. There's toxic people in our life, um, that, that I'm not telling you to hate them, but I'm telling you that sometimes it's good to eliminate them. Um, but I'm giving you permission to walk out of the service and erase some phone numbers if you need to, because it's just a toxic relationship and you can pray for them. And if they need a dollar, you give them two. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not telling you to just be that person, but you have to make sure that you manage your energy and that you sever some relationships that you know are toxic. And for some of us, man, this day and age that we live in right now, um, this, especially online, like, yo, it's, it's so easy. And I'm having conversations with people. And please understand, I'm not pointing you out. These are several people and people inside this church, people outside of this church, people who have found themselves making bad decisions because of stuff that has happened online. And it's easy for you to flirt with a, with a man or somebody from your high school. It's super easy for you to do that when nobody else is watching you and you got your own account on Facebook. Oh, we get serious now. Okay, cool. And what will happen is that nobody's watching you. But you're watching you. Not only are you watching you, but God is watching you. And it's so easy to find yourself so wrapped up in a flirtatious relationship with somebody who is not your husband, who is not your wife. And I'm telling you, you don't want to go down that route. I, I was reading a story. I actually heard a story of this individual that he was on Facebook and he was uh, talking to a woman and they were flirting. You know what I mean? And the flirtation turned into more than flirtation. And he set up a meeting with her. The wife, on the other hand, is right next to him in the same bed. And is sitting there and she began to spark up a conversation with somebody that she thought she knew. And they're laughing and joking and it went from flirtatious to setting up a meetup. True story. They both met up and it was each other. Needless to say, they got a divorce, but it could have been prevented. Yo, I beg you, man, cut those relationships off that you know that you need to cut off, man. If you need not me tell you this, then you need Proverbs chapter 5, 6, and 7. It talks about you'll lose everything for just a stupid moment of pleasure. You'll lose everything that you have 
for just a stupid moment that doesn't last that long. I've been married for 16 years now. And, you know, how do I say this? You a champ if you go like 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> this is for the grown folks. <laughs> you a champ. I, God bless you. So you're trading in your wife, your kids, your family, your jobs, your livelihood for 10 minutes. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, <laughs> says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Eliminate relationships that you know you ain't got no need for. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says, Do not be misled. How many times did a family member, grandma, mom, dad, tell you that bad company corrupts good character? There's some individuals in your life, man, that you just got to sever those relationships. It's not helping you. I I'm begging you, man. Don't give it all up for just a momentary deal. And for some of y'all, you got a girlfriend in your life that, bro, every time you talk to her, all she does, fellas, look at me. Don't make no noise. Don't, uh, hallelujah, glory to God, chill. But you got that one girlfriend that every time you bring your problems to her, all she tells you is leave your husband. Girl, you need to come hang out with us. We finna be at the club, girl. Like, come. Like, leave him. You know what I'm saying? And it's like every single time that you give, you, you're looking for advice from somebody and all they're doing is dragging you deeper and deeper in the hole. Cut that relationship off, bro. If every time that you hang out with your friend, bro, all he wants to do is sit there and take you drinking and bar hopping, you might need to say, hey, man, this, this ain't something that I want to do, man. I need people that are going to help me to move forward. And this is the fun one. Y'all ready? All right. I went, I went that, all that heavy stuff. Here we go. Fun one. Y'all ready? Number four. Write this down. Initiate some meaningful relationships. Initiate some meaningful relationships. If you've been taking notes, um, you are to nurture the important relationships. Nurture the relationships with your wife, with your children, man. One of the easiest things, and I, I forgot to add this in, in the first one. You can go back on your notes and add this on the first one. It's just a tip for me, especially for dads who have daughters. Um, this has been really, really cool for me. My wife does it all the time with our daughter, but this has been like our go-to. But like when you have kids, yo, $5 can change your life, especially when you have young kids. What I do with, with Abigail and with the boys, they're a little bit more expensive. I used to take them to Play-Doh's Closet. Now I'm walking out of like a $100 bill. But with Abby, I take her and it's $5 and I just go to the dollar store. And you know what I do? I tell her, here you go, $5. All you have is $5. Here you go. And I give her the credit card. Bro, she thinks she's that. Oh. <laughs> and you see her, she's like a grown person. I don't know if I want those nails. Yo, I'm so tired of having fake nails all over my house, bro. Yo, sometimes I'll go to sleep and I feel like something there and I look, I'm like. But it costs me $5 to have fun with her, man. Find creative ways. The Google will tell you some really creative ways, not just to hang out with your kids, but to hang out with your wife. Yo, date night is not a lost start. It's something that needs to happen on a weekly. Chino, listen back to this message, brother. I'm speaking to you. That's for the podcast later. That's for the podcast later. Yo, nurture important relationships, restore broken relationships, sever and redefine harmful relationships. And then this is the fun one. Initiate some meaningful relationships. Um, this part is it's fun. I, I think ladies do it a lot better than men. We are the ones that are like, I don't need men. I don't need nobody. I'll figure it out. I'll do it. Because we've figured it out our whole life. And for a lot of us, you know what I mean? There was an absent father. There was, you know, there, there wasn't really a lot of friends. Sometimes, especially in my generation, like our parents worked a whole lot. So you had to figure it out. So when a bully came, I didn't need my mom to tell me to pick up a stick. I, I learned how to do things on my own. I learned how to get the little... It used to be 25 cent ramen soup. Y'all remember them things? I lived off of those things. Dumb and some Vienna sausages. Those stands, y'all say ill, but that, that was called survival. <laughs> but, but I think it's, I know it's hard for you to develop meaningful relationship. It's not, it's, it's not impossible. It's doable. It just takes a little bit of work. You, you got to till the fire a little bit and you got to step outside of your comfort zone. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, do not forsake the meeting of yourself together as some of you are in the habit of doing. Number one, that's church. So it's great for you to have fellowship in church. 
but it goes beyond church, but encouraging one another. And all the more, as you see, the day is approaching. I don't have, and I'm, I'm starting to lean in a little bit more and starting to read more articles. And I'm starting to kind of unpack a little bit more what it looks like when it comes to end time prophecy, because it's starting to interest me watching everything that's happening, not only in our government nation nationally but watching things that are happening you know that there's a whole nother world right that they have their own presidents and their own kings and they have their own crap that they got to deal with like the united states of america doesn't run the world and the way that we do things isn't the way that the world does it and the things that you're seeing people championing and fight for here and making you feel stupid because you don't agree with them because you believe in scripture in other countries they're not doing the same thing there's differences but when i watch at the landscape i'm starting to see things are starting to shape up and as I look at the book of Revelation, and I remember some John Hagee teachings, I can see, yo, we, the day ain't that far. And I know you used to hear that all of a sudden, Jesus is coming. He might return like a thief in the night. You've been left behind. The Christian people, the y'all know that. It was all the Christian people that laughed. That's thief in the night. Y'all watch that movie. It'll scare the hell out of you. Literally. Literally scare the hell out of you. It just, hell just comes out. Ah, out, gone. Not giving up meeting with each other. Yo, it's important that we have relationships, that we laugh, that we joke, that we have some people that we can laugh and joke with, but some people that we can take off the mask. Says, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just so tired of this relationship. I'm, just, I, I'm trying to do all the right things, and I just can't get it right. And you need to have somebody in your life that's not going to say, well, girl, leave him. But you need to have somebody in your life that says, well, let, let's look at it. Yo, let's give me your hand right now. Father, I pray for wisdom. One of the gifts of the spirit is the word of wisdom, Lord, and the word of knowledge. Lord, help me right now. Help us, Lord God, to be able to, to develop a plan, a strategy. Hey, let's look through this book. Sometimes there's some counseling that you can go to. Broken Chains has been amazing in our life. But Terry Richardson, she's a counselor right here. This is somebody who you can talk to and schedule an appointment and have a conversation with and be real. But then you know what? There's another step here at the church that you can have meaningful relationships and initiate them it's called g groups it's called g groups the hardest thing for you to do i think in life and it's the most fruitful thing to you to do is to develop meaningful relationships. so everybody say chino how do i initiate relationships thank you appreciate that <laughs> right quick last four things that i'm gonna teach you last four things ready here we go how to initiate relationships write this down develop my relationship with my church my church i want you to understand that this is your church there are 30 verses over 30 verses in the in the new testament that you cannot follow without being part of a church the reason why i emphasize my church is because i understand that this i'm not talking about chino's church i'm telling you to say your church my church for some of you you called greater church home and this is where you can develop meaningful relationships but some of you you go to other churches or you visit that's the place where you need to plug in. That's where God wants you at. And that's where you need to start developing these meaningful relationships. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 says, Now you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven. At Greater Church, we don't do church members. It's not a cliche saying we've developed our entire church around it. We don't have church members. We have family. We do real family because we see in scriptures that in the Bible, there wasn't members of a church, that they were families. And I see God, he uses the terms like father and son and daughter and he uses terms like households like homes and i'm watching this so much more intimate than you having your name on a roll and me sending you an email so that you can know our next giving initiative ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 says you are no longer strangers to god and foreigners to heaven but you are members of god's very own say it with me family citizens of god's country and you belong in god's say it with me household with every christian that there is a there is a space for you i i want you to understand man and i, I want to be real clear um and I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier and i hope i didn't sound condescending but man if, if you've been dating greater church yo that's fine that, that man maybe you got some healing to do it, it i don't we don't need you to give a dime we don't need you to serve at any capacity we want you to come and we want you to just soak up everything that's here. And yo, that's fine. We've created a space. Man, we have a generous church. We have individuals who have called Greater, Greater Church home and financially they have been a part of this. They serve on teams. They do an incredible job for you to be able to just come for a little while and just kick the rocks a little bit. Yo, is, do I want to call this place home? There's a lot of nationalities in here. It's a lot of age ranges. Do I want something that looks a little bit more specific? There's some great churches in our area 
We're not the last Coca-Cola in the desert. There's some individuals that preach 10 times better than me, that lead 100 times better than me, that are doing incredible things for the Lord. And man, if, if you want us to help you, we can help you. But you got to find the place, man. And it's okay if you're dating. We, we don't mind that. But there, there comes a moment that you're going to get the best out of your relationships. You're going to get the best out of life when you become family. I, I dated Lid for a little while. Yo, can you believe we dated for five months? Six months. We dated for six months and I put a ring on it. I knew. I knew. I, I had to wait. I had to wait. I knew. And I wanted to have sex. Guilt-free sex. Stop, Chino. Stop. God, make it so be people are like, I'm not coming to this church. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> but but me and me and Lynn, we we I would I would take her out, we hang out, clean the car up. Y'all remember that? You cleaned the car, you vacuumed, you did everything at the gas station in the corner of her house. You vacuumed everything, you sprayed everything, you got her in the car. Said, oh my god, the car's so clean. You're like, yeah, I keep it like that. You're a liar. You're a liar, bro. But whatever. And, 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 you know, it was cool. It was, it was fun when we, we had a relationship, but we were fun. We laughed, we joked, we talked on the phone. You hang up, no, you hang up. You know what I mean? All of that comes through. But then something changed when I got married with her. I mean, I, I got better benefits. Things changed. I got a best friend out of the deal. I had somebody that knows me better than I know myself, that when I take steps, she's like, mm, hold on one second. And things that would shipwreck my life, she's been able to call out. And individuals in my life that I ain't got no business being around, she's like, mm, I don't know about that one. And it's because we took a step from just attending a relationship to actually engaging and becoming a family. If you call Greater Church home, this is your church. This isn't Chino's church. This isn't Jason and Allison's church. This is your, those, these are your drums. That's, that's your guitar. Uh, that ain't nobody guitar, right? That's a church guitar? Okay, cool. That's, somebody like, no, that's, that's my guitar. I just brought it to the church to play. Sorry. <laughs> Those are your chairs. I'm, what I'm trying to get you to understand is that this thing belongs, this doesn't belong to me. I'm, you know what's going to happen? Is that one day, and it's going to be at the top of ministry when I feel like I'm at the best of my ability and I'm killing the game, there's going to be somebody that I've developed that I'm going to say, yo, here's the torch. It's on you now. Now you continue to run. I'm not going to wait till I'm 65, 85 years old till I sit up here. Brothers, I got to sit down. <laughs> and then I'm like, I can't do this no more. I'm going to hand this off. And it's just four of us in here. <laughs> no, bro. I want this thing to continue. There's, it, it belongs to you. It belongs to us. It's our church, man. This isn't my thing. This is, I'm, one day I'm not going to be here. And I might be sitting in the pew just like you, shouting you down and writing notes. Or I might be going to another place. Or I might be in heaven with Jesus, worshiping and having fun up there. But yo, this thing belongs to us. This is your church. And for you to develop relationships, yo, you have to develop your relationship with your church. Number two, develop my relationship with godly friends. People that are going to build you up. The New Testament had a model. Their model was that they would get together on Sundays. Listen to this. Develop my relationship with godly friends. Listen to this. The New Testament. Well, I got to land this thing. The New Testament had, had a model. And their model was that they used to meet in big groups. Right? They would meet in these huge groups. Sometimes it would be thousands of people. Thousands of people. Sometimes it would be hundreds, but usually it was this huge group of just thousands of people and they would have service and they would have church and it would be Jesus. It became Peter and then the other disciples, they started preaching. But then they had, they would break down that big church into smaller church where they would meet house to house. Look what the scripture says. Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47. They worshiped together regularly at the temple, which is the church, each day. They met in small groups, in homes for communion, and shared, everybody say shared, their meals with great joy and thankfulness, and thankfulness praising God. This is where it's at. This is, this is, I love this. The whole city was favorable to them. And each day, God added to them all who were being saved. This thing that we have, this is great, but it gets broken down into a smaller fraction of people that that's where real life happens. I've had moments that I've listened to a preaching and it's inspired me and I even gotten tools to be able to walk it out and I got all the practical handles and I got everything and I'm, I'm like, oh my God, I'm ready. But you know when I've really fleshed that out, meaning when I've really unpacked it and saw like, oh, when me and my friends have been in front of the house, in front of his parking in his apartment, and me and him have been having conversations till two, three in the morning. Yeah, but why does the Bible say this? I don't know. Why is he saying? And having those conversations have shaped who I am. They've been better than me just sitting here listening to a preacher run his mouth for 35 minutes. 
It's having conversations with people. And that's what we're trying to create. I, yo, I, I'm not bulletproof. I have people in my life that I talk to when I get discouraged. I have people in my life that I talk to when I feel like I'm tired. There's people in my life that I'm like, yo, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost done with this, bro. And there's people that you'll never know, but there's people in my life that have it. Why? Because I have to encourage you. I have to make sure that you're good. So I have tools around me to be able to help me that when I start getting like this, I'll take a break. We have rhythms in our life where we take breaks. We make sure that we empower people. I'm not the only person that can preach here. As you saw, Jason Peebles do an incredible job. Jason Hodges is a freaking preaching machine. This little girl right here behind the piano is an incredible speaker. And there's so many of you that are incredible speakers and communicators that I don't got to be the only guy holding this, but I work rhythms into my life to know when I got to, because it's for you. If I'm gonna give you the best of me, I love you. But more important than you, that woman that's back there and these three kids that you see running around here breaking stuff, I got to make sure I'm good for them. And so there's rhythms to my life. And I think I, I have needs for G groups in my life, for men in my life. And there's been seasons of my life that that's been my life source as a pastor, getting around with some guys and just sitting there kicking the rocks, laughing, talking, and sometimes even getting into Bible stuff. It has helped me. And some of you, you're... You, you're in a space right now where I think you need to step out of your comfort zone. And I want to explain to you. I don't want to sit down. I'm not getting emotional. I'm not doing the running around preaching thing because I don't want this. But I want you to see me and I want you to understand. And I want to communicate my heart. I don't need anything from you. But I think you need to take this step. For some of you, man, you've gotten through the stage, man, where you've accepted Jesus. You know the Lord. And you've walked through a season where you've healed and you've gotten therapy and you've done cool stuff and you know how to read the Bible. And you're not struggling. You know what I mean? Like there might be areas of your life that you're like, Chino, I need help. But like, yo, you're, in a, you're, you're okay. You're a Christian. You know that you, if you are a Christian, you called on the name of Jesus, that you are, you are apt, you are qualified for ministry. You know, the Bible calls us ministers of reconciliation, that we can take people who are far from God and we have to bring them to God. You know that everybody has that mandate on their life. But some of you, yo, you cook really. How many of y'all are the cooks at the house? Raise your hand if you cook. You're the cook at the house. Yeah, Lid, we know you're the cook. Oh my God. Jeez. I'm a microwave kind of guy. You know what I'm talking about, Skip? I even call her sometimes. How many minutes do I put? Yeah, it's bad. How many y'all, how many of you have hobbies? Raise your hand if you have hobbies. Like you like cycling, you like playing basketball. Cool. How many of you like, how many of y'all just like video games? Like you play video games. It's like a thing right now. You know what I'm saying, Greg? It's a thing. Like people play video games. I play video games with my kids. I love it. Uh, how many of you, you have like a, like a, you're, you have like a special skill. Like you know how to knit. How many of y'all know how to knit? Like, you know how to knit. I need you, Michelle. I need you. We're going to talk later. <laughs> there are gifts and talents that God has given you. Sometimes it's just being able to read the word of God and God beginning to show you how to unpack it. Like we have, like me and Tommy, we, we talked about it. We like, we have this dream one day to like start a like jujitsu deal and like watch kids and take kids and teach them how to do jujitsu. You know what I mean? And have a 12 year old choke out a grown man. <laughs> 12 year old girl, by the way. We're not going to tell you who it is, but it's a true story. It's a true story. <laughs> and so, you know, like teaching the kids. John Ramundi, he has a thing called God. And it's the great outdoors. And he teaches children not only how to tie knots and how to canoe and how to prepare stuff, but also shoot guns, BB guns, if you're not comfortable. You know what I mean? And, 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 and bow and arrows. And they, and they teach them how to tent and how to build a tent. And these are talents they are not relegated to you coming up here and preaching a microphone. When we think of ministers, we're like the preacher. You know what I mean? Hallelujah. Glory. Open up your Bible to the book of Hezekiah. Like, yo, we all have a call on our life. Can I make a call on your life? Some of you who are in this room, I would love for you to host a G group this season. What does that mean? That means that whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Like, I like to go on Saturdays and I like to just go with my stroller I'm a lady now, my wife, right? She doesn't have a baby, but you have a baby. And I'm a woman. And I, I, like, I like to go, and I like to go to Swift Cantrell, and I like to just go and take my babies and watch them at the park. Well, yo, there's two or three other women in here that love to do that as well. Guess what's happening? All of a sudden, now you guys are going to go together. You're going to put your scrollers. You know, you park them. You know what I mean? And it's like the moms click with the glasses. You just... It's like all three of you, you know what I mean? Bad moms. No, you're good moms. You're good moms. And you just... And you just walk and then you just, you just sit there and you're having fun. Get down, Jimmy. Hey girl. So yeah. <laughs> Fellas that for some of us, like we just play cards or, or, or there's a curriculum last season. 
we sat there and it was, I don't know, it was about 15 of us. And we sat there and we went through Dennis Rainey's biblical manhood. And I mean, it was one of the most impactful things in my life. Fellas, right? For the guys who were there, it was one of the most impactful things in my life because I learned how to biblical manhood. What does it look like not to be a boy anymore? Not to be an adolescent. I'm not that kid anymore. I'm a grown man. I know I got white hairs here, but I'm a grown man. I have leadership. I have capacity, but I have responsibilities as well. So me getting with a few of the guys, that was fun. And for some of you, man, I think it's time that you do that. And I'm not putting no pressure on you, but I would love to invite you, man. If you do something, do it with a group of people. You like to cook. We need some cooking. I think it's important that we have people who know, you know what I'm saying? Like throw some, <laughs> teach me how to cook. I want to go to your G group. I don't know how to cook. I'll be there. <laughs> I want to learn how to do the steak thing. You know what I mean? But I think it's important that we step in. Here's what, what I'm going to do. And I'm, I got two more minutes of the message. But on this, on the screen right now, I'm going to put a QR code and it's going to come up on the screen in two seconds. Here's what I want you to do. I'm not telling you to say yes. I'm not saying you say yes. But if you're saying, yo, I want to do something like that. Like I, I like, I like riding skateboard or hey, I like to worship. I want to just have a group where all of us, we just worship. And once a week, we're going to get together and we're just going to worship. Or I like to pray. I want to get together on Saturday mornings with a group of people. We want to come to the church. We'll give you the passwords. We'll give you the keys to get in here. And you can come in here. You can pray in the mornings. But what I want you to do is not, I want you to host a group. Hosting a group, it just means, hey guys, welcome. I got some Cheetos over here to the side. I got some dip. I got a char, uh, charcuterie board. I'll make sure I say that right. I got a charcuterie board. Stop. You guys are so secular. I got a charcuterie board over here. You know what I mean? Like, if you're hanging out with David, you got to have like healthy snacks, carrots and celery and, and, and pickles. And you know what I mean? But like, that's all you're doing. And so what's going to happen is I want you to take a picture of this. When you take a picture, it's going to give you a code. You can go to the link. Just give us your name and phone number. We're going to reach out to you. And basically what we're going to do is that we're just going to talk to you. And there's a, it's a training that we do. And all it is is just teaching you how to run a group. We do four things. Ready? ESPN. Fellas, y'all know what ESPN is. No. Encouragement. Some type of scripture. Pray for each other and figure out what's the next step. Like, that's all. And then you're having fun. You're cooking. You're laughing. You're joking. And I think it's important that as a church, we don't have just the qualified few that run these things. But man, I want you, I want to empower you to be able to do your own group. Maybe you want to go through a curriculum-based study and you want to read something from Lisa Turkhurst or from Lisa Harper. Or maybe you want to read something from T.D. Jakes or, and you just want to go through this book. We got nine weeks. And in those nine weeks, you could just cover nine chapters and just talk about them. Whatever it is, man, I would love for you guys to be a part of that um, and, and serve and host in one of these groups. All right, I'm landing this plane. Y'all ready? So you develop your relationship with godly friends. And then I want you to see this. Some of y'all, I, I want to throw this out there because this is one that's very important, especially in the church. I heard about this. Um, and these are things that are happening. Number one, it's a marriage group. And if you want to read a book that's a marriage book and get a couple of couples together, that's awesome. We'd love for you to do that. But also like debt. Like if there's a curriculum to be able to teach how to have financial stewardship and you want to do that where you watch a video and you do it, yo, that's, in, that's good. You can do that. We're empowering you to do that. We want you to do that. Step out of your comfort zone. Play volleyball. Um, <laughs> and then I want you to see this. The last one is develop a relationship with God. Develop a relationship with God. I'm going to land this here. I've been in ministry in some form or another for over 20 years of my life. Um, and I haven't seen very many people that have loosely tried God, um, watching them really transform. I I've seen them and I've seen the ones I can tell really quick and I'm not being judgmental, but I can tell really quick when I see somebody that's like emotionally inspired, and I can see somebody who's really going for it and really like, yo, I want this. Like, I'm, I'm ready for this. The conversations, the thing that they say, they, they tell on themselves a lot of times. And I watch sometimes that are people that, you know, they're like, man, I wish we could have worship for three hours. You know what I mean? Why we only have 30 minute worship? Like, I want to go, let's sing three more songs. And I want to get into the presence. And I say, okay, cool. And usually what I ask them is like, how's your spiritual life doing? Are you listening to, are, are you praying? Uh, brother, you know, I just, you know, I'm trying and. Lord knows my heart. Um, brother, are you, are you spending time with the Lord? Yeah, I, I try. You know what I mean? I, I'm just not doing as good as I could. And you know, I'm not looking down on you. I'm not shaming anybody on that. But don't project on a group of people the things that you're neglecting in yourself. So what I try to do is that I try to walk with them. Well, hey, listen, why don't we fast together? 
When you, and some of y'all know because I've had this conversation with you. Hey, why don't we take, let's take a few days and let's fast together. Let's read. Here's the Bible plan that we're going to read together. And let's just tell two things. What is God saying to you and what are you going to do about it? And let's just read the word together because what you're wanting to do is that you want to create a high in this moment where you get your fix and you feel, oh, I feel good. And then you're going to walk out of this place and you're not going to live any other spiritual disciplines. So as a pastor, it would be wrong for me to tell the worship team, yo, make sure that you go for another hour and a half. Keep the worship super long and not give a space for you to actually live out your faith. Yesterday, in this room, was one of the greatest nights that we've ever had in the history of our church. I don't know, I, I, in five years, in this room, we had one of the greatest nights that we had in our life. Yo, when I tell you, man, it was a night of worship. We turned in 21 days of prayer and fasting. We've been talking to you about it. It's all over the website. We spoke about it. We sent Instagram. We sent emails out. We did everything. But in this room, man, we worship. Man, we saw healing take place. People got broken and delivered. Breakthrough came into this place. Yo, I spent time where I was in the presence of God, where I was just on my knees, man, because of the things that God, our worship team did an incredible job and they're so talented and I love you guys because you guys did an amazing job. But yo, if they weren't here and it was just that present, what I felt yesterday, yo, that's all I needed for 2023. What would happen if we developed a closer, that's the thing for me, for this year, a closer relationship with Jesus? When we, when we moved from Miami, Florida, I sold, I sold a house and from that house, personal private information, but I, I want to share with you. I sold the house and when we sold the house, uh, we made an, uh, a profit of $47,000, $47,000. And what I told my wife was, we're going to go to my, we're going to go to Georgia. We're going to plant a church, but I'm going to buy you a house and I'm going to buy you a car. And I said, these two things with this money right here, I'm going to buy it for you, girl. Three years later, I was, I guess, so caught up in life that I took all the money that we had and I had been invested in the church and I went all in with this thing. And some of you are like, yo, that's such a, a bad, you shouldn't have done that. And that's just irresponsible. And yeah, maybe you're right. But there was a desire in both my wife and my heart and my wife and my heart that I was so broken and so far from God. I went all in with God that I said, if you want this, you can have it. I said, God, you can have it. And we started giving the money away. And we started doing different things. And we took of our own money. We raised other money. We gave it away. And, you know, a year later, we were standing at the church. And I was like, babe, I'm sorry that I couldn't buy you the house. I'm sorry I couldn't buy you the car. And she was like, man, look at all that we've done. Look at the people that God has used with that money. Can I tell you that today... We got a house that was a fraction of the cost. We were able to buy a brand new car. Not only that, but then buy a business vehicle. I didn't use church money, by the way. God always responds and God always backs us up when we go all in. And the sacrifice and all the investment, God said, on this side, I'm going to begin to pay you back. What would happen? What would happen if we would give God 2023 and not just a timid, like, I'm going a, I'm to a dip my toe in God. I'm going to go to church on Sundays. Not just, I'm just going to go to church on Sundays. But what if we actually said, yo, I'm going to wake up in the mornings and what I learned about the tabernacle, I'm going to pray those things. I'm going to actually open up the Bible. I'm going to go to greater.church slash soap. And there's a, a read the Bible in a year plan. And every day I'm going to read four chapters of the Bible. I'm going to start going a little bit deeper. And I'm going to start taking some real steps. Jeremiah 29, 13 says it like this. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Close your eyes for just a second. Imagine this. It's December 2024. I mean, 2023. And it's, you're, you're about to go into 2024. All year long, you've been waking up and you've been praying to God. All year long, you've been spending time with him. You've, you've gone all in. You've gone to G groups and, and you, you've led a G group and you got people in your life that you've discipled and had fun with and you've met real friends. You're going on vacation with them. You've done all that. You've actually taken and you jumped on a team and you started doing something at the church, picking up a chair. You started to do stuff. And, and all of a sudden you're standing at the door of 2024. Imagine what your relationships look like. You and your wife are so much better. You and your kids are so much better. Look at me. Look at me. Because you went all in. 
that was an illustration and an exercise that I did in your brain. But it can be a reality. You literally can walk this year out. I'm asking you, give me a year. Don't give me a year. Give God a year. Give your church a year. And jump in. Jump in on G groups. Jump in on your teams. Just start doing stuff. Come up with new ideas. Hey, Chino, I want to go to this foster home. Cool, let's get... Hey, anybody else like foster homes? You like kids? Cool, let's get these three people together. Let's go to the foster home. Start thinking and dreaming new ideas. You wanted to start a youth ministry and you're a youth pastor and God put that in your heart to go to the high schools and to disciple young people. Yo, let's go. We've been looking for one. We've been waiting for you. Let's go to Etowah. Let's go to these schools. Let's start doing this stuff together. But as you walk through the years, it's going to be February, March, and April, June, July, August, September, October, November. And you're going to look back in December and say, yo, look who I used to be. And look who I am now. I'm like one of those people that, yeah, I know the Bible. Malachi chapter 3. Say, get your tithe. God going to send you to hell. Like, imagine what God would do in you if you just gave him a year to go all in. Would you say this with me? If, if you want to go all in, I'm not asking you to do this out of compulsion or because Nunzi's playing the piano real nice, but I, I want you to say this for yourself. If that's you, if you want to see your life like that, here's my altar call. Ready? I want you to just say, I'm all in. Ready? One, two, three. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at My Greater Church.